Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I think the Colts are much better than that. And I think they will be much better. For all of the criticism that I have offered of Carson Wentz, and I take back none of it. Having said all of that, I still believe in him. And he's gone to exactly the right place. He managed to get exactly what he wants. He couldn't have done it any worse, but he got exactly what he wanted. That is Mike Greenberg talking about Carson Wentz. I don't agree with the guy, everybody that says Carson Wentz just makes them this so much better. I, I tend to think Philip Rivers last year would be better than Carson Wentz will be this year for him. Philip Rivers was pretty good. A lot of blind faith in uh, Carson Wentz and too many eggs in the basket of Frank Reich and Carson Wentz, in my opinion. Uh, and maybe it works out. Listen, again, I, I I would like Carson Wentz. I hope he, well, I guess in the AFC South, kind of hope he finds it. <laughs> but I'm just not convinced uh, it's going to work as much as everybody else. I mean, you change scenery and everybody's like, okay, well, that's that, that guy's not going to play like that anymore. That's not automatic now. Certainly not automatic. So we'll see what Frank Reich can get out of him. Carolina seems to be dumping a lot of cash, maybe to make room for the Sean Watson trade is what people have been talking about the last 48 hours or so. Uh, we will see. You know, we talk about the national folks, and most of them, by the way, are, I, I would say 98% of them on board for Trevor Lawrence, really good player, Jags can help turn them around, all this stuff. They're not as sold on Urban Meyer and that part of the equation. And by the way, I, I, would, I think this has little to do with actual last week's events with Chris Doyle. I, I think even prior to and now. But it hasn't helped, though. Well, it certainly hasn't helped. Yeah. I mean, it, it's left. It's an interesting topic. I almost want to get away. I, I would bring this topic up as far away from the Doyle stuff because in in this case, for me, it's unrelated. Um, it, I just think this was the feel anyway. I think there's hesitation on the part of the national uh, analysts, the media. I think there's even hesitation on some former players and former coaches. That NFL, kind of what I've talked about last month or so, that fraternity of the NFL saying this is the, co- this is the big boy league now. Yeah, right? yeah. And you even heard that. I think it was Rex Ryan that might have said Ryan that. Did, yep. So I, I do think that exists. Um, I'm not even saying that un- unfairly exists. I'm just pointing out that I'm a little bit surprised there isn't a little more belief in Meyer knowing his track record of college. Everybody, instead of going to a successful example, wants to go to the Nick Saban example. And, well, well, that's a bit of a compliment to Meyer because Saban is considered one of the greats of all time in college, mm-hmm. right? And And Meyer is on that list in terms of winning percentage, in terms of what he's been able to do at Ohio State and Florida and even Utah and Bowling Green. So... He's put himself on that list, and so therefore the comp, right? Uh, 
the Pete Carroll thing, which is one I actually compare him to a little bit more at this juncture of his life, at this juncture of the Jags, kind of what they're trying to do, what Seattle did. The problem with that comparison is Pete Carroll had had some previous NFL experience and quite a bit of it, mm-hmm. quite frankly. So it's not an apples to apples comparison. Are you surprised at all that the national folks have less faith in Urban Meyer being successful in the NFL? Okay, so I have to preface it by this. Are we talking national folks right now in terms of like the media? Are we talking national folks like former football players and the coaches? Because to me, there's two different arguments here, and there's two different paths. Uh, I'd like to hear them both because I just kind of lump them all in. I mean, I'm talking about analysts that are former players, analysts that are coaches. I mean, people. Okay, so to me, it's different. To me, if you want to talk about, like, what gives Rex Ryan the reason to say that, hey, Urban Meyer, welcome to the big boy league now, okay? Whether you're a coach or a former coach, they all have the same thing in common. They think that they're the best to ever do it. And they think that they have all the answers, right, including Rex Ryan. So when Rex Ryan sees Urban Meyer come out, and like let's be honest, Urban Meyer is like the young hot upstart right now. Now not necessarily in age, because Sean McBay when he came on the scene or Cliff Kingsbury is a better argument there. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying from coming from the college game to the professional game, like that's the hot shot move, right? And that's the move where if you're ingrained and you have years and years of coaching in the NFL. Like, you don't want to see that college upstart come to the NFL and be successful right away because then it kind of goes against everything that you believe in in terms of paying your dues and climbing that corporate ladder, per se. Let's call it like that. So that's why I feel like, especially the former coaches like Rex Ryan and even some of the players who know how the process works are against Urban Meyer. From the other side, though, and like I think Sarah Spain would be a classic example, right? Like, you asked Sarah Spain what she thought about Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer. She thought the world of Trevor Lawrence. And then obviously she had her opinions um, about Urban Meyer. And you kind of hit it right in the head. And I'm going to kind of repeat it a little bit. But it comes down to the fact that, listen, Urban Meyer has had a lot of bad optics follow him. Okay? He had some in Florida, obviously. He had some in Ohio State. And now he's had some in Jacksonville. If you want to take the Jacksonville thing out of it, that's fine. But I think even before that, you know, if you don't agree with somebody as a person or if you have an issue with how somebody handle the situation, let's just say, well, then you don't like that person. And if if you don't like that person, then it gets harder and harder to root for somebody. Like, And that's, and like, listen, we always live in, oh, we always say that we live in the unbiased journalist era, right? Like, where you have to be unbiased, you got to call it down the line. Let's be honest, man. The reason why we have a job, the reason why, you know, like Sarah Spain and, and all those, you know, talented people have their jobs is because they have opinions and then they voice their opinions. And when they see someone that they don't like, they're going to speak on that a little bit. So to me, where the disbelief and just not buying an urban Meyer comes from, from that side of the aisle comes from the fact that urban Meyer not might be the best guy per se, as far as a people person and the optics that have followed him through college. Yeah, I get it. That's a really good point. That's a good point. I think, uh, who do you want to root for him? Right. Do you? Yes. And and you're right. There's something subconscious, even whether it's intended or not, that comes into play there. Like we want to, if we know a player like a player, Calais Campbell, we want to root for that guy, right? Of course. Or it doesn't matter where he goes. Uh, heck, I think they'd root for him if he went to Tennessee around here. Absolutely. And then Jalen Ramsey, no one's rooting for him. You're right. So yeah. there's a subconscious to that, and, and those are people that we think we know and we probably don't even know as well as we think we know. Sure. So 
Um, I get it. But so here's where I this topic kind of comes from. I was reading this article on ESPN and they took like their analysts had a bunch of questions about the NFL, some things that really don't really pertain to the Jags much, like who's your Super Bowl pick for 2021? You know, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Jags aren't going to fit in that category. <laughs> Who ends up with the Sean Watson? Okay, yeah. not going to fit in that category. But there were a couple of things that, that were interesting to me. It's that which team should be the early favorite to pick number one overall in the 2022 draft? Remember, Jags are picking number one this year. That's a good call. Uh, so they've got this panel. Someone says the Texans, the Lions, the Lions. The Texans, the Texans, the Lions, the Texans, the Bengals, which is interesting. Yeah, very interesting. And Jeremy Fowler says the Jaguars. Hmm. Even if most can agree Trevor Lawrence has superstar potential, this roster is among the league's worst. It has problems at almost every position. Urban Meyer needs a few years to create a winner. Jacksonville might just go back to back. Again, these are just opinions, and that's fine. And I'm not, I would just have... I'd be far-fetched to get this quarterback in here with what they already do have actually offensively and with what they do have in the draft in terms of capital and what they do have in money that they could spend in free agency, not even if they spend it all, and sit here and say the Jags are going to go 1-15, kind of season again. Now, that's not always what it takes to pick number one, in mm-hmm. fairness. You can go 4-12 and 12 and pick number one. So maybe this isn't that far-fetched. Maybe the Jags could go 4-12, and 12, the league falls that way, and they still pick number one. But I think if you think somebody's going to pick number one, that means you think they're only bringing, winning like one or two games. Yeah. And and if, boy, that would be disappointing as heck if the Jaguars bring Urban Meyer in, bring Trevor Lawrence in, have a have a little bit of a core. Again, we can debate what they have, but they've got some players. I think they have an offense that a lot of people would would bring Trevor Lawrence into and say, okay, I'm, that's not bad. Uh, and whatever else they're going to add and say, well, they only improve by one game. Or they are, I'd be highly disappointed in the Jacksonville Jaguars if they only improved by one game or two games. Can, can you just please repeat the first part where he talks about the roster? Roster is and, among the league's worst. Okay. Uh, yeah. It has problems yeah. at almost every position, which, again, well, I don't agree with Fowler here. Well, no, and, and that's what I, the point I was trying to make. Like, who would you rather have right now as a roster? Would you rather have the Giants, or I'm sorry, the, the Jets roster or the Jaguars roster? And no doubt. It's not even close, no. right? So, like, but even see, even take that's a debatable one in terms of okay, how about the Bengals roster? How about the Texans roster? How about this? But I would just say it has problems at almost every position. See, I think they're wrong. Do they have problems in the offensive line that that nobody no, they, else listen, would have? They have problems really. on defense. They have problems on defense. Yes, that's where they have problems. Yes, and and again, they've got money and draft capital to help fix some of those problems, like to at least plug some of those holes. Yeah. I mean, do you, do they have a problem at running back? No. They got a guy that just had 1,400 yards. They yeah. don't have a problem at quarterback anymore. They got a guy. Mm-hmm. They have problems at wide receiver. Could they be better? And do you have problems or two different storylines? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's why I just their special teams is really good. <laughs> so you're yeah, talking you about defense. Lambo. You're yeah. talking about a defense. That's it. Yeah. I mean, that's one third of your team that you would be like, okay, I'm not very confident well, in that right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And yeah. Again, I'm also not. I'm not sitting here and telling you we're better than the Chiefs and on offense. And no. because you have good special teams, that's going to make you a playoff team. I'm not trying to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying if you're going to put in the fact that they have problems at every position, no, I don't really think that's true. I, and that's I, I, I think, think they could get with. better at every position, and so could 31 other teams most likely. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, listen, that, that just shows me that you probably didn't really go down the roster. Like, you didn't see the offensive line. You didn't see the wide receivers. You didn't follow James Robinson, and that's fine. Maybe you didn't do your homework, but, like, they don't have problems at every single position. No, I don't think so either. All right, so then the other one that was interesting to me, and, and again, they don't have to say the Jags and Urban Meyer here. It just brought this up to my attention. Which new coach will post the most wins in 2021? Brandon Staley with the Chargers is a pick. 
and a popular one, Staley, Staley. A couple of people say Staley and Arthur Smith with Atlanta. Basically, it's Arthur Smith and Staley. Well, listen, um, since Staley's not a bad pick. No, no, no. Chargers yeah. are good, right? Yeah, Chargers yeah, yeah, have a good team. Yeah. And I, obviously the Falcons have still Matt Ryan, and they have these they have team that kind of turned it on a little bit at times, even after firing Quinn. Uh, there's one person that says Robert Sala. No. Like, so my point being, and by the way, I'm a huge Sala fan. Yeah, I, but, but listen, but I respect the Jets Sala. Have, they don't even know who their quarterback is. And somebody's willing to say Sala will have more wins than the Chargers or the Falcons, but nobody's really willing to go all in and say Urban Meyer will have more wins as the rookie head coach. You know, if yeah. you're going to go Sala, you could certainly go Urban Meyer. Yeah. So, again, this is this is a panel. This is nothing to go crazy about. I just – I think now, once I read that article, once I'm listening to the outside people, uh, over these last couple of weeks, I really got a chance to listen to a lot of the national shows while we were on the road. Sure. And so you're hearing some of this stuff, and collectively, as it comes back, it's like there's not a lot of faith in Meyer. There's a lot of faith in Trevor Lawrence. Like you just said, Sarah Spain, she mm-hmm. might have been the epitome of what people think. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence, all in. Urban Meyer, eh. Yeah. And I'm, it's just surprising to me that there's a, not a little bit more belief in Urban Meyer, because I can tell you this certainly seems like there's a lot of belief around here in Urban Meyer. I mean, there has to be. Right. I mean, listen, I don't have to be. Well, I mean, I think he's, for the fans, fans yeah, are always he, most optimistic. No, but like, listen, from what they've had, I mean, listen, but from what they had, how couldn't there be optimism right now with Urban Meyer? I mean, you think you mean to tell me that we're having Gus Bradley and then having Doug Marone that gave you, hope? you know, I mean, like, let's be honest, like Urban Meyer's exciting because he's new and he's exciting because yeah. he's a household that name. That always carries excitement. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're definitely excited. And because he has Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> well, and, and that's going to help as well, for sure. But I think that at the end of the day, it comes down to what you think about the person. And, and we've talked about this a little bit, where if they're hard to cover, then you're probably not going to cheer for them. Um, if they're in your city and they're on your team and they're coaching your team, well then of course you got to support it. You know, I mean that's that's what being a fan's all about. So, yeah, I'll be. Um, now listen, I will say this: the national folks have been right a lot in the past on Jacksonville. We've had a lot of sunshine and rainbows at other moments. Hmm. Uh, so, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just talking about more the the feel of Urban Meyer. Speaking of Urban, uh, the Jags did announce Tony Khan's involvement. Mm-hmm. In the organization today, is that surprising at all to you? No, not at all. No. I mean, listen, he's, from my understanding, he's going to be um, in the capacity of analytics, which obviously that's kind of his thing. Yeah. And that's where he owns an analytic company. Correct. I think he still does. He did. And that's where the NFL is going. So, no, I mean, I'm not surprised that Tony Khan's got the, the gig with the Jaguars. Of course he would. Uh, do you like that? Do you like, do you like, well, you know how I feel about analytics. <laughs> Yeah, well, okay, so you got Urban Meyer who comes in. He's a college guy. He's going to the NFL. Uh, he's a 56-year-old coach. Yeah. He, you have Tony Khan who believes in analytics. Again, he has his own company in analytics. Yeah. He seemingly has been a little bit on the outside of the football stuff the last couple of years, and I don't know if that's an accurate description. I just have a hard time sensing how involved he was in these last couple of years as he's starting up the wrestling company. Well, he's running full. Listen, I'm going to say this, though. My 2012, Tony Khan was like, you know, he's pretty. 
prevalent around the stadium. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. we we never saw him. Like we only heard like okay, like we got some stats here every once in a while, and these are from you know Tony Khan. Like, but we never saw Tony Khan. We never really interacted with Tony Khan. So like as far as like the influence on on the the football team, the locker room, like no, that's not going to be there. It's just going to be like every once in a while when a coach goes over a game plan, they might share a stat or something like, hey, this team runs the ball on third down. You know when it's you know, between five and ten yards, so and so amount of times. Like that's where Tony Khan comes in. So as far as the influence, no, you're not going to see that. So the Jags, uh, they they had a bunch of announcements today. So it's Kareem Kassam has been hired as the team senior vice president of football operations strategy. Mm-hmm. Kassam will report to Tony Khan, who has been elevated to the post of chief football strategy officer. As with Meyer and Bulky, Tony Khan will report to owner Shad Khan. Um. Which you can argue he's been doing all his life. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, listen, like he's he's back in the news cycle again. But I, I feel like nothing, like as far as the 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 work that Tony Khan's done, I don't think that's really changed that much. Well, I don't know if I agree with you there. Okay. Okay. Because I think what you're right when you're when when Shad Khan bought the team. Correct. I think the the analytic wave was starting. And yes. I think Tony Khan again was very heavily involved with that. I think there were folks in the building heavily involved with that. Pushing toward that with Gus Bradley, Dave Caldwell. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think again, I, I don't know if it comes out in a book someday or, or if we just find out later on. I, I don't have any for sure. I know exactly this to give you, but my perception was always when Tom Coughlin came in, that fell back. Like I, I felt like again, felt hmm. like Tom, like Tony took a lesser role in the organization. Or maybe it was just that he was way more behind the scenes. Now listen, he I was still in every game. You yeah. I know, mean, I saw, I saw the, I saw that one gif of, of Tony Khan and, and Coughlin going crazy. I know. You know what I'm saying? I, listen, I think he's obviously a huge supporter of the team and it was sure. involved. That. I think that can be different than whatever you're doing day to day, you know, and how much you're utilizing what Tony Khan is giving you and his team, if you will. Sure. Again, I'm just telling you that I think from a perception standpoint, that's what I felt like was going on. You have to remember, we got a lot less behind the scenes look in the Tom Coughlin days yes. of what this organization was, um, even as closely as we cover them. So that's always my perception of it. Did it come back a little bit with Doug Marone last year? Potentially. So this has some significance to me, the fact that Titles are being given out. A position is being made for senior vice president of football operations strategy that there's going to be more analytic involvement, Tony Khan involvement in the Urban Meyer regime. I think it's a pretty significant press release today to show you that it shifted back to the way it was when you played and when Shad first bought the team in the early years of Gus Bradley and Dave Caldwell, for right or wrong. I, I don't yeah. know where, if that's yeah. good, bad, or indifferent. I would say this. Everybody at almost every level now is using analytics. It's just a matter of how much you want to use analytics, how much you believe in analytics. But every sport at every level is using analytics. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, the, Here's what I think with, with Tony Khan and the influence. Now, listen, when Coughlin was here, was it different? It very well could have been. But like, I don't want the whole analytics thing to get misconstrued a little bit. I say I can't stand analytics. Well, I can't stand analytics when it says that you should go for two instead of going for one. Right. I can't stand analytics when you leave points on the board because it's like fourth and three from your opponent's 35 yard line and you have not to go for the field goal. You go for the first down. Like that's the part of analytics that I'm not a fan of because you go towards calculations more than you go towards the feel of the game. That's where I don't like analytics. But like, let's not get it miscontri- like, you know, miscontrived here. I like analytics from the point of game planning. 
I, I love analytics on the point of how you prep your week. And like that's what I feel like Tony Khan's always kind of had an effect on this team. Now, it, maybe it, it shifted a little bit when Tom Coughlin was here. But I'm just talking about from an analytical standpoint of game planning. From an analytical standpoint of, all right, where do they like to throw the ball on third down? Um, you know, what receiver gets the ball when? Like, all those things, those are brought in the game plan. Now, it's not like Tony Khan standing in front of the, the room and saying, all right, guys, here's what we discovered. No, like, that information gets relayed to the coaches, and the coaches choose to either go with that information or say, no, we're all good. Usually they go with that information because it's good stuff. That's what I like the analytical standpoint. Of, of when you're prepping for your opponent, when you're getting ready for Sunday, those analytics can tell you a lot of things what a team is trying to do. Yeah, uh, I listen, I it's just whether you like it or not, analytics are a heavily part of the game. I mean, that's just the way it is now in all sports. Kassam's uh, interesting because he was with the Twins, director of baseball research, uh, leading their department overseeing analytics in the areas of scouting, player development, and biomechanics. And uh, the Twins have gone to the analytical approach with Rocco Baldelli and, and company and done a very nice job. Uh, he, prior to his time with the Twins, he spent five years with the Pittsburgh Steelers as the club's analytics and football research coordinator. And here he is now with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I think it's a good I, – I think the fact that Jags go on this analytical approach is the way the teams are going. And I think at early on – they they felt like they were trying to be more on the cutting edge of the analytics. I don't know if that helped or, or didn't help. I'm not saying it wins you Super Bowls. I think it's a piece of the puzzle. And I think, uh, again, when you were playing at the end of your, your years here in Jacksonville, when Gus Bradley, Dave Caldwell, that was a welcomed addition. That was something that was leaned on. We've seen the Jaguars still use analytics. I just wonder if it will be more prominent. And when we think analytics, we do think of the two-point play or going yeah. forward on fourth down. That's not it. <laughs> I mean, look at what I just said. Kassam was in charge of scouting, player development, biomechanics. Yeah. It goes into finding players, right, mm-hmm. and what traits work and maybe the draft process. So uh, interesting to see Tony Khan, I-, I would say, from a public standpoint, seemingly back involved with the Jacksonville Jaguars. What does this mean? Urban Meyer's belief of analytics probably says he believes it. Sure. And he's going to utilize I mean, it. I mean, you have to. And like I said, especially when you're trying to game plan for an opponent. Tony Khan's a busy guy, though. Got a lot on his plate. A lot on his plate. Yeah. Yeah, a I don't lot. know how he does it, man. A lot on his plate. Hey, uh, we'll be back. Speaking of baseball, I got a question for you. Changing baseball with one simple move. Action okay. Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Austin Lane. Are we on right now? Or not? Like our screen? I guess we're good. Brent Martino. Yeah, you got to okay. go all the way. Yeah, we're back. Thanks for your concern. You're welcome. Uh. <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I tell you what J.J. wants. He wants to play for a Super Bowl contender. He also wants to play for a coach where they can have fun again. Football was not fun for him at the Texans last season after they'd won back-to-back division titles. It was awful for everyone. So we all say right away he'd want to play with his brothers in Pittsburgh because they're really, really close. But Steelers don't have the money, and they don't have the need. Others do. Green Bay, where he grew up a Packers fan, has a home outside Milwaukee. I think the Titans, where he's really close with Mike Vrabel, 
Russell and Shane Bowen, their defensive coordinator. Kansas City, Buffalo, those teams could use J.J. Watt. And if Shaq Barrett loses the Buccaneers and Tom Brady and Bruce Arians call him and say, man, come over here, let's win a Super Bowl. We'll sail around Tampa Bay and you can come play for a fun coach and a Super Bowl contender. That would have to be very enticing. That's John McClain covers the Texans. We kind of think that is the favorite spot, right? Didn't we both agree on that? What's that? I'm sorry. Tampa? Uh, no, I had Green Bay as number one. Oh, you have number one. Yeah. Green Bay. I think J.J. likes the beach. You think so? He's not afraid to now, flex you... with a shirt-off picture well, that once man. in a while. Certainly he's not afraid of doing that. But you, like you, me. You don't think growing up a Packers fan, growing up in, yeah, I see you, man. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you twice at J.J. Levels. I see you, though, man. You've been getting it, Brent? What's up? Yeah. Yeah? yeah you, you okay? Did you pull something when you're flexing there? No. Okay. Not yet. Okay. But you don't think J.J. Watt is intrigued to go back to Green Bay where he grew up and was sure. a Packers fan? Yeah. yeah, but I don't think that's always like... But That's I, the thing, I, though. I Brent. just don't like, always the... think that's like the... Just because it's intriguing... I don't think it's always the end-all, be-all. No, I get that. But let's listen. We've we've established this. The money's not the motive. No. Okay. A Super Bowl? Yes. And if you want to sprinkle on, maybe just, you know, place where you live. I mean, Green Bay makes a lot of sense. Because Green Bay, let's be honest, the past two years, NFC Championship. Yeah, it does make sense. I mean, but I'm just saying I don't know if that would be the driving force enough to get. Would you? Yeah. Re- I, I, I can ask you this. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask you a couple questions here. First okay. of all, I want to. I, I got to say this before I forget because I did the research and I knew it, I was right and I couldn't get it in time in the last segment. Mm. We're talking about analytics. Yes. See, Daniel Adler is the, an assistant GM of the Minnesota Twins. So the Jags' new hire uh, in Kareem Kassam mm-hmm. comes from the Twins. Well, Adler used to work for the Jaguars with Tony Khan. I think back when, like, maybe around 12, 2012. Sure. Yeah. So I knew there was an interesting tie. It really has no uh, value to you, the listener, other than to just give you a little Brent connection right. to the dots. Yeah, Brent, Brent uh, smelled something, and he, yeah. he pursued on that, and now here we and, are. And so here we are. Yeah. Then Ty just sent me this. You're offered $5 million to score against Michael Jordan one-on-one. You're given 10 chances. This is prime MJ time. If you fail, you won't be able to hear music ever again. Would you lace it up? Coos? Heck no. Can't hear music ever again, or you go $5 million to score against MJ. You How get many 10 times? chances. I get 10 chances? Well, obviously, I score the first chance, and I get a nice assist. I get a block. This- yeah, man. Of course. Call me Mr. Thanksgiving. Is there a ref there? Because, listen, I'll, it, when it comes, cause you know how I feel about music. I'm wearing a Fleetwood Mac shirt right now, for crying out loud. If it comes down to it, I'll punch MJ in the face. All right? I'll, I'll fight you I, to get a basket. That's a good idea. What if that would be a rule? I'm Just assuming. Kick him right in call, the, call your own fouls? Kick him in the no. you-know-what. Call and, your own fouls? Yeah. yeah. Kick him in the... <laughs> well, you might punch him in the face. I'm not punching him in the face. Well, I'm kicking no, him in the... But yeah, you... Uh, do you feel good about it, though? After $5 million? Hell yeah, <laughs> I, I do. Basically, listen, if you want to get a GoFundMe right now for $5 million, <laughs> Brett Martin will kick MJ in the you-know-what. Well, I would. Yeah. I, I wouldn't I mean, For $5 million? Yeah. Dude, I, I, would, I would pay him 200 bucks just to, do, just to say I did it. Yeah. Just to put on my resume. I don't think uh, I don't think I'd be willing to risk the fact of never being here, able to hear music again. It would make this job really weird. That's a good point. Well, that would be true, because... 
Yeah. But five but, million's five million, dude. Uh, it's because you're not confident in your basketball abilities. I am no, not against MJ. MJ I know, dude. Just prime time. MJ Just too. Just go full circle on this conversation. You got no Kahuna's coos if you don't oh, go yeah. after five million dollars. Oh, no. Nope. No, $5 no, million. Dollars. Music is too important music, to me. Yeah, music's big time, though. I like music a lot, too. Well, here, I like $5 million. Here's the real question. Ty just said I would. He would Ty would? Ty said, Ty, uh, Ty 104-pound Ty. Yeah, just said, he's in. I don't know if he said I would kick Michael Jordan <laughs> in the, or if he said I'd go try to score for I'm, $5 I'm, million. Bucks. I'm assuming it's like actual basketball rules, like like there will be a ref and they'll well, call I would assume I don't what, know. What kind of, what, but, hey, but, hey, but, but here's the thing, what though, what would Brent? I do? I'd actually go. I'd fade away just See, like Jordan's favorite oh, shot. No, there. No, fade no, away. You're, right you're not going to fade away no, on Jordan. He'll block so, it. so let's get that out of your head right okay, now. I'm going to fade okay, away. No, what's fake, though, and lean in. Tim Duncan? Well, yeah. What are you yeah. doing, a little Tim Duncan? Yeah, nah, I'm like I'm like 15 feet away dude, here. I'm just gonna pray that it goes in. I think you underestimate how athletic Michael Jordan is. I am. I'm. He's not recovering on that. I'm convinced. You wouldn't. Uh, I don't think any of us would able would be able to dribble more than four times before he st- he hey, stole it. Hey, you know what I'm doing? Backing him down. Backing nope. him down. He would have stole. I'm no. telling you, what he would steal no. it. Backing him down. No. <laughs> Elbows up. Backing him down. No. Backing him. Oh, what's this? Oh, here's the hoop. I will him. Lay that in. Ah. Thanks. I tell you, somewhere in that like in that sequence, right? Yes. I got ten chances. I got the ball top of the key. And keep in mind, this is '90s Michael Jordan here, so this is like yeah. no easy buckets. Yeah. Don't come to the lane. By the way, so it's if, physical. If, if you have the ball ten times against Michael Jordan in this setting, yeah, you're, you're, there are there is there's four times at least you don't even get a shot up. Right. Because he takes the ball away. There, yeah, sure. there, your right. best bet is the second he passes it to you, Go. hopefully you're at the top of the key and just shoot it. Just hope you make that well, shot. To that point, Coos, <laughs> I'm, I'm spending one of my ten attempts on just trash talk. Please, God, pray, <laughs> pray. just be a part of me, and I'm going to turn around, right, <laughs> like I'm backing him in, and I'm just throwing it behind, throwing there, it up. Throwing no, it up behind no. like, it's, see, uh, like, I can't it's, believe like it's a game of horse. Uh, I can't believe you just throw music away like that. You, you're wasting an opportunity. Listen, I love you, know you Garth Brooks, but I love $5 million let's, attempt. Let's talk to analytics on that. What are the percentage that's going to go in, Brent? Well, I just that's one of my 10 tries. Let's, like, listen, let's let's go and establish the rules right now. If all of a sudden some like a magic basketball, let's say Shazam shows up, Shaquille O'Neal shows up, and he's like, you guys can send one person to take on Michael Jordan, and then these rules apply. You get 10 shots. If you make one of them against Michael, you all get $5 million. But if you you know if you don't get the shot, then obviously it's over. Yeah, no no music for anybody. You guys better send me. I, of course I would are, send you over are and we, all are, of us. Are we in agreement? How much of a cut do we get? No, I mean, I'll give you guys whatever you want, but I'm just saying you guys are going to send me. I want me. all of it. Oh, no, I'm I'm, getting, I, I'm doing the work, so obviously there's you know, the chain of and, and, trickle-down effect. And here. honestly, I'm sending you, but I'm not confident in the fact that I'll be able to hear music in 10 well, shots. You, yeah, I have a little more faith in you, too. Because listen, like, I, by any means necessary, remember that, Coos. I okay? know. Coos, I've, I've practiced the art of punching people in the face for a while now. And if I it know, comes down to it. Again, I'm what assuming. What am I going to do? You're going to call I, one? <laughs> Have you seen the Detroit Pistons? Did you see the Bad Boys documentary? That's true. That's true. Enough said. He's man. ready for it. Enough said. Call me Joe Dumars. Or right, no, is that Joe? Du- no, what's the guy's name? <laughs> I, I messed that up. Is it Joe Dumars? Who's uh, the guy with the Pistons? Dumars the Pistons. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he was he was the guy nobody liked, right? Or not? Uh, no, I think no, Dumars was, pretty. You're talking Bill Lambert. Thank you very much, yeah, Bill Lambert. I still yeah. hate Bill Lambert. Why? Sorry, that's a strong. Why? Bill. I don't too know. too physical or what? A little too physical for your liking, right? You, you prefer the little more finesse of Larry you Bird. Look up, you short, look up Larry Bird elbowing Bill Lambert, probably right in the chops. Let's be honest. Bill Lambert and Larry Bird walk into a bar together. 
all right, and they get in a fight, who's walking out? Don't even act like it's not going to be Bill Lambeer. Don't even <laughs> act like it's not going to be Bill Lambeer. Uh, Don't even act like it's not going to be Bill like, Listen, no, This is the problem with you. Here we go again. You know who's a tougher basketball player? Michael Jordan or, or, or Larry Bird? Bird. In terms of fight? More physical on the basketball Wins a fight? Court. Yeah. Michael Jordan all day. Michael Jordan, Bird. it's not even close. Listen, if, if you, you want to get, Bird if, if you wanna get in the debate, like, how, how do you bail hay and how do you stack hay? Yeah, Larry Bird wins that debate every single time. All right, congratulations, Larry Bird. But if you mean to tell me in a fight or a physical altercation between Michael Jordan and Larry Bird, you, you, come on. Come on. I'm taking Larry. With what? <laughs> how, how does he get it done, Brent? How does he get it done? He's tougher than a man. No, oh, He's man. bailing hay tough. I'm bailing. <laughs> I mean, listen, I went to high school with a bunch of country dudes, and I understand how tough they are. Yeah, bailing hay, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, that that does something to you. But there is no way, Brent. Michael Jordan, the GOAT. No. The GOAT doesn't make you tough. Brent, did you watch the, the last dance, though, I did. or not? Did you? I didn't see yeah. I didn't see anything. I mean, listen, I, I saw a did guy that... Did he ever throw a punch in his NBA career? Who was the guy that he went after in practice? He went after somebody in practice. Yeah, that was that part of the story. Yeah. It was probably like John hey, Paxson or something. And when <laughs> I mean, it was probably the toughest dude that he had missed at the tempo. <laughs> yes. And a little, little three-piece. A little three-piece and some soda. Nah, that Larry Bird does not you want those problems. No dude, love for, I, jo- I, for I Larry tell, Bird's toughness. I already know Larry Bird would come like with the scratching, like the, you know, like the... <laughs> He's stereotypical, Terre Haute white guy that can shoot the three, whoa, can't whoa, jump. Whoa. It, 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 so now he race says he's not tough. No, race has yeah. nothing to do with I think it. it does. I, I, I just watched Tyson Fury become the champion of the world. Okay. I love Tyson yeah, Fury. Now, so what do you think Bill Lambert is like Tyson Fury? Well, I mean, it's close. It's comparable. Bill Lambert is a bad dude, dude. Come on. Let's bring that LeBron and MJ get into a fight. Oh, LeBron all day. It's LeBron. It's LeBron. Yeah. And would you be, if it was Larry Bird and LeBron, LeBron would be? <laughs> I do, actually, LeBron. Okay, so we're on the same page yeah. for once. I, I, I do believe that. Good. Hey, by the way, LeBron, why don't guys, I guess you're hesitant to get in fights with stars, right? Yeah, yeah I'm trying to think back to that. Like, there's like, not big, a lot of that. Yeah, that's like, why I mean, Bill Lambert, that's why yeah, Dennis yeah. Rodman, that's no, why like, Draymond, Gr- Draymond Green. Yeah. That's why, no, seriously. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. That, yeah. That's too many, even like. I guess Charles Barkley probably got some stuff, but Ron Artest, obviously, yeah, that whole thing. Not, even Shaquille, well, who would mess with Shaquille, really? Shaquille and Barkley got into it, though. Remember that one time? I don't. Yeah, Shaquille and Barkley got into it. Did, that, um, that makes some sense. Did Dwight yeah, Howard it wasn't on the set of TNT either? <laughs> no, no, no. This is, did did Dwight Howard crew. ever get in it? When, when he was like prime Dwight Howard, I don't remember him ever getting into like. I, I, I think there's something to it. It's kind of like in baseball in the major leagues. Now, it doesn't always be – it's not always the case, but it has been the case that you don't hit your – like, Derek Jeter's not getting hit by a pitch. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it, there, there was always that kind of unwritten rule. You're going after somebody else. You're not going after the star. Now, I, I think that's kind of dissipated to a degree. But I don't know if it's like people don't want to mess with LeBron because they think they might get their ass kicked. Yeah. Or if they just respect the star status of LeBron, and so they're not going to – yeah, I mean, nobody wants to be the guy that fought LeBron, I feel like, right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Like nobody. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that don't care. There's a lot of tough guys in the NBA that don't care what the unwritten rules are, you know? But let's be honest. Yeah, but at the same time, like, even though the game like, – listen, we've talked about it all the time on this show. The, the game has changed, though. Like, 90s, if LeBron played, yeah, he probably would have got a fight with somebody. But, yeah, like, but, but, but like nowadays, yeah. like, you know, you don't really see that that much. I was going to say, when was the last – was there a good – has there been a good NBA brawl NBA lately? brawl? Oof. 
I feel like, too, part of the NBA stuff right now is they have every – this might just be sports, although yeah. we did get it in baseball like pretty early on yeah. because of the pandemic and not being nobody like – Nobody wants to get up Nobody wants other. to do that, right? Nobody wants to kind of have that optic True. of – it's almost like we're all getting along just to be able to play sports. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So we're not going to go fight each other. Although, yeah. again, I mean, it happened a couple of times, I think, last year in baseball. Like, early no, on, sure. it was like the first week of baseball. Everybody's talking about the pandemic. Yeah. Don't go six feet near each other. And you got two teams. I forget even who it was. Yeah. But it was a pretty good one, I think. No, for sure. But at the end of the day, I mean, we all, okay, so we agree that Lambeer is the baddest or not? Or do you think Larry Bird is worse, better than? I think Larry Bird would get Lambeer's ass. You're, you're, are you serious though, or not? Yeah, soft. Yep. He had Dennis done, Rodman dude. to help. He had Isaiah stop, Thomas to help. Brent, stop. You, you, have you watched the Bad Boys documentary? Because I didn't really know about who Bill Lambeer was until I watched the documentary. Dude, do not come to Bill Lambeer. Listen, you can't shoot three-pointers and be tough. Sorry, man. Like, Ray Allen, I love you. Steph Curry, I love you. I'm taking you guys in a fight, okay? So, Larry Bird, I get it. You're one of the best three-point shooters of all time, but I'm taking you in a fight. These young guys, they all they think I, is just Larry Bird shot threes. No, there's That's no all way think. All the young guys think, people, is no, that Larry know, Bird he, just shot threes. He, he played with his left hand for somebody, a full game and Somebody put together points. a highlight film played with of his Larry left Bird hand. just hacking people played going down the hand. lane. All right. Fisticuffs with Larry Bird. I, 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 he swung I, I, sometimes, I think. Okay. Well, I, I remember I'm, him. I'm going to Google some things. You just keep talking. I'm going to see what pops up. We're going to take a break. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 6. 90. By the way, LeBron James goes over 35,000 points. Can you tell me the other two who have done it? Who's? I hope you've seen this by now. I haven't, so I'm going to guess Jordan. Nope. Oh, wow. No, you got to go... Um, yes. Kareem. Um, yes. Yeah, Kareem. It's not Larry. <laughs> is it Larry? <laughs> awesome. No, it's not Larry. Yeah. So I don't know why I bring it to my attention. I should just say, yeah, Will? it is. Will? Nope. This is the guy that nobody ever includes in any of these kind of categories. One of the most underrated careers and players. Yeah. Because yeah. of this. Because he never won. Because he never won? Part of a, a very good tandem. Good tandem. Newer, older guy. I would call him newer. Like, oh, okay. You know, like, not way back Part in the Part of a tandem. Oh, no, because he hasn't won. Uh, damn. Um, dude, I'm drawing a blank. It's crazy. A lot, not a lot, no. Pick and roll. Not. Jazz? Steve Nash? Jazz? Jazz? Carl? Carl oh, Malone? Okay. I'm like, I'm picking Carl Malone roll. is okay. an answer to a lot of these questions. I had no idea. The mailman. And you always forget him. Yeah. Again, because of his maybe lack of raising the trophy and all yeah. that stuff. Well, the other stuff, too. And the other stuff, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, That's not why you forget him. But even back in the day, okay. people forgot about yeah, him. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh only three on that list. That's crazy. In a while. That's crazy that Carl Malone's up there. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 6. How are those Larry Bird fights you looked up? Pretty badass, huh? Do you, see, do you want to get into it? <laughs> Because I saw him back down from two of them. <laughs> he, took on, he took on Dennis Rodman and Bill Amber at the same time. Okay, so first of all, over-exaggerating as usual. But let's be honest. The guy raised his fist, and then what did he do? Lowered it and backed he away. He didn't want to get all suspended. Right? Well, especially Kareem, too. When he went after Kareem, don't mess with Kareem. Don't, don't mess with the dream, man. All right, now you looked up Beta a Bird. Beta Bird is what we call him now. Beta Bird. And back and down. Let's just say, would you do a tag team match with Bill Amber after watching him throw? Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> All right, here's the thing. 
and this is what I was worried about. This is what I talked about. Is when the personified tough guy, if you think is all world tough, proceeds to get in a fight and throw a punch. And the punch is with like his wrist and not his fist. You know, he kind of, it's not a slap, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, eh. you know, like maybe, maybe you make that kind yeah, of sound. Like maybe I want to throw a punch, yeah. maybe I don't. Now, with all due respect to Bill Ambeer, one of the most physical, stay-out-of-my-lane dudes of all time in the NBA, I respect the game, man. I actually modeled my game after that a little bit when I played high school basketball, back when they let us do whatever we wanted. But with that being said, the punch that he threw, I'm not even sure who the, the guy was, but the punch that he threw here, Brent, I'm going back over it right now. You can see for yourself, it's, it's the Cavs against some guy named Daughtry. I'm not sure who the Daughtry is from the Cavs, sorry, before my time. No, that's Doherty. It's Brad Doherty. Oh, Brad, oh, Brad Doherty. Sorry. I thought, okay. I thought it was Chris Daughtry. But with that being said, <laughs> um, Brad Doherty never won Chris, American Idol. Yeah, Chris Daughtry. But uh, with that being said, yeah, the, the fact that he throws the punch and it connects with, like, the wrist first and then the the fist is just, it's not a good look. Like, don't you think they it. should, don't you think no. Bill Lambert should be ejected from the Bad Boy documentary? For that After punch? watching this? No, no. I mean, listen, the, the guy's still got a reputation. <laughs> that clip makes it into the Bad Boy documentary. No, definitely not. It's called the Bad Boys, not the, the Slapping Boys. You know, like, come on, man. I just, I, there's nothing more. Like, I, I love it. Like, I love the entertainment factor of when somebody tries to act hard and then they throw a punch and it's just like, dude, what are you doing right there? And the, listen, that's like 90% of the world. I'm not naive to that. But well, like, listen, we all can't have our hands registered as well. <laughs> I'm just saying. I would like if, if I was a, okay. Let's say me, me and my son go out, and let's say we're not going to the bar. Obviously, six years old. But like, let's say okay, after he gets a tattoo. After he gets a tattoo. So let's say he's seven years old. No, let's say that we go to like the latest Disney movie and COVID's not a thing anymore. And we're at the theater, right? Yeah. And we had a You're good time. Soul. And, and and then we're walking out. All right, we're we're walking out of the theater, and all of a sudden, for whatever reason, um. There's some dude accidentally spills a soda on my son. Walk out of the theater. And I'm like, hey, dude, we got an issue right now. We better handle this. And my son's watching. I would rather throw a proper punch and get decked than actually throw, like, a slapping type of punch and knock the dude out. Yeah. Because, like, at least my son, like, when he gets home, is like, Dad got in a fight. And my wife would be like, well, what happened? Well, he got knocked down, but, like, it, it, was, it was a battle. You know what I'm saying? The guy got lucky. As opposed to, oh, well, yeah, my dad knocked the dude out, but I'm going to be honest. It, it, it didn't look that cool, you know? So go ahead and give me the real punch and get knocked down as opposed to the slappy kind of punch and knocking somebody style out. Style points do matter. Style points are if everything If you're going to fight. fight this weekend, style points, style points, points do matter. <laughs> Hey, is there a reason? Is maybe this why you're not you won't retire from MMA just yeah. so you can keep your hands registered as weapons? It's a good point. Like, does, a good point. do you have to register them every year? No, no, it's just one and done, I guess. That's it. I guess so. so I don't like, know. You might, you could like never fight again in like ten years. You'd still have hands ready. Like, I'm not sure. Like, listen, well, I don't, don't want to know that in well, case you I get don't a fight know. in a bar. I'm not gonna get a fight in a bar. That's not my style. But I don't know if it's some kind of like body mass index where if I put on a lot of weight, that's like, oh, well, he's fine now. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's like hey, a, if you're at a bar with Coos and me, you yeah. might get in a fight. Yeah, because you're gonna egg it on. I can already tell. Larry Bird, we're gonna be in the middle of downtown Chicago one year. Larry Bird would kick Michael Jordan's ass. Tell you right now. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be like Bill Lambert. Hold me back. Hold me back. Oh, All right, I really want to get to this baseball topic. Do uh, you? I think. Okay. What's coming up next?